This morning, I want to talk with you about the, the way God works with us and helps us, and uh, the two forces that are so dynamic in our behavior. And that's about the, the spirituality that comes from God and the teaching in his word, and also the interference that comes from the devil. And in order to talk about that, we have to mention uh, angels. You know, the study of angels presents a similar situation uh, of confusion and misunderstanding of a lot of things if we don't just delve into it and, and let the Bible speak. The Bible rarely focuses upon angels uh, themselves. But uh, they are usually characters in a larger story that is being told about God's dealings with man. And information that we know about angels is determined from whatever details emerge from uh, the story that is under consideration. For instance, when Jesus was uh, confronted by the Sadducees about the resurrection in Luke, the 20th chapter, uh, verses 27 and 28, we learn that angels are immortal and without gender, neither male nor female. Uh, we learn that they are supernatural, that God, uh, uh, they're below God, but they're above man. And uh, we learn from Psalms 145 and verse uh, 2 through 5 that they are created beings, and they're created by God. We also learn that they are spirits, although they are temporarily may uh, have a body that's visible that we can detect and see according to uh, Genesis uh, 18 and uh, 19, uh, the two chapters there were that these people that came and they were said to be angels and messengers. And then in first Hebrew, the first chapter, he says, angels are ministering spirits to do service unto them who are saved, or saints, or those who are in the church. And uh, in uh, Revelation 5 and verse 11, we find out that they are uh, in a vast number, uh, thousands times ten thousands and thousands and thousands. So they're just unnumbered people. Uh, in uh, Colossians, the first chapter and verse uh, uh, 16, and in uh, Jude, the ninth verse, uh, we find out that they are, uh, have rank that there's different ranks in angels, some above others. Uh, in Revelation, the fifth chapter, 11 and 12, we find out that they uh, really are in the presence of God. Now, that's talking about the good angels. They're both good and bad. And uh, uh, in Hebrews 1 and verse 14, that they help God. They're ministering service to do service unto them that are, are to be saved. And then we find that uh, in the past they have directly communicated 
and interpreted God's word in Judges 13 and Acts 8 and 26, where the case of the Philippian uh, of the Ethiopian eunuch, and in Acts 12, in the case where the angel helped uh, Peter to get out of prison. And sometimes they perform uh, fearful acts in, in really executing God's uh, will. Uh, you can just go through the Bible and find a number of those things. And then they are prominent, they were prominent in the ministry of Christ. When he was born, uh, the angel spoke before he was born, before he was even, at the time he was conceived. And in the time of his birth, the angel spoke and, and took care of him and sent him to Egypt and brought him back from Egypt. And, and uh, then we find when he was uh, a grown man and began to work that he, he was... Uh, tempted of the devil, and that's a bad angel. And then he was ministered to by the good angels when he went through that uh, temptation. And when Christians are about uh, uh, to wonder and to be let off in the wrong thinking, we need to sort of sometimes just uh, have a lesson along this line and sort of help us. Uh, uh, when we read about the wonderful appearances and deeds of angels uh, during biblical times. Well, uh, and when we see the fascinations that our, our contemporary culture is now presenting to us, uh, we virtually may ask a lot of questions about, about angels. Are there guardian angels of God today? Uh, what service do they provide? if they are. And uh, do they act today like they did a long time ago? And uh, uh, do angels take on human form and do they assist uh, uh, people as depicted in the movies? You know, uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, that was a program, it's on. Uh, the Preacher's Wife, the TV series, and The Highway to Heaven, Michael uh, Landon, uh, and we have the uh, a touch by an angel that people watch today. Uh, do, do the angels protect and do they uh, help innocent people uh, like they do in these movies or in the picture that you've seen down through the time? And some of you may have it in your home where there's two little children and there's an angel up above. Uh, to find the answer to these, uh, to these uh, questions, uh, uh, we, we just need to look at God's Word and, and, uh, and we need to ask some questions. Uh, does, does, uh, we don't see rivers uh, uh, parted like they were in, in seas and God uh, us walking through on dry land. Uh, we don't see fire fall from heaven we don't see bread and fish being prepared and feeding 5,000 people. Uh, such manifestation of power, uh, magnificently setting aside the laws of nature and breaking through, uh, occurring in, in biblical times, is not happening today. During that age, God uh, also gave miraculous powers to Christians. 
and he gave them to where that they could uh, 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 do tremendous things. In, in Mark, the 16th chapter, uh, he said, you can pick up deadly uh, uh, vipers and things, and, and they can bite you, and you will uh, survive. And we don't see that happening today. And uh, just as the scaffolding of a building is uh, removed when the a building is, is finished, uh, these powers are removed from men uh, by God, and uh, he's given instructions by the men who had the power, miraculous power, to confirm that he was in them, and he expects us to listen to his message and to uh, really stay close to him. That's a test of our faith. Now, in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verses 8 uh, through 10 in the New American Standard, it says that love never fails. Uh, but if there are gifts, prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, uh, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. Now, we assume that the highly visible activity of angels described in biblical times falls into this category in many ways. Now, I'm not denying that the angels are not working and God's not using them today because there's a passage, Hebrews 1 and 14, that said, Who are the angels except those who God sends to help to minister to those who will be saved. We don't know what part they play. We don't know what they're doing. And in that same book, the 13th chapter, he said, Beware when you entertain angels, how, uh, uh, strangers, how you might entertain an angel unaware. So we're still aware of those passages and, and that we ought to understand. But when we think about Gideon and the angels working through him and and in Judges 13, and in uh, 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 Peter, when he was delivered from the prison, we can just understand that, uh, that uh, these things have been changed. And, and that's the reason that in our, in our study of, uh, and, and you know, Time Magazine had an article in March on this, and uh, talking about angels, and uh, you know, uh, Time said, we're fascinated by angels without heaven, God or the Bible. Isn't this something? We can either study from scriptures, we can either study from the scriptures, or we can study from just silliness. And a lot of times we choose not obedience and not on listening to God's word, we listen just to the a secular and to what man might say. And uh, there was an article about Test by an Angel and said uh, this program, uh, they give their credit, uh, they're striving to find a secular balance concerning angels. Uh, they're striving to stay away from the infantile testimonies and of a supernatural magic that really is, is pointed out by God in his teaching. 
And they're limited. When you don't study the Bible and when you don't study theology, well, you can just understand that you're not going to have the truth on these things. Now, what I want to, I want to talk with you about is just that God does work today, and he, he uses angels. I don't fear. I don't have any reservations about that. When that beggar died, the Bible says the angels took his spirit and took it to Abraham's bosom. I don't have any question about that. I believe that. I believe he's still working. And I know when old Job wrote, and when it was written, the book of Job wrote, well, there's old the devil. He just appeared. And he appeared before God. And he came with his cohorts, and he came with his group, and, and they appeared with the sons of God. But God had a sphere that they could operate in. And he allowed that old wicked, ancient, that old devil, that old serpent to operate and to work on his servant Job. And we need to understand that he's still working today. I believe the passage that Peter wrote when he said, the devil goes about as a ruling lion seeking whom he may devour. And he told us how he that he entered into people. He said, if you believe, you don't believe in him, or if you believe in him, that he's there, he said, you can resist him. And in Ephesians, the second chapter, and the second verse, it says he's the prince of the air. Now, what we need to do is to key in on this secularism that's being portrayed to entertain us and to put in our thinking the teaching of God to direct us in the right way. We do have angels. They have been used by God. It's not just the subject of the Old Testament because the New Testament, 186 times it's used, and it's used in 187, uh, 100, uh, less than that in the Old Testament. The New Testament has a lot about angels. They worked. And we need to understand that they're behind the scenes. But the worst one that we have to deal with is old Satan. Old Satan. And we need to key in on the fact that he is going about like a roaring lion trying to get in the place that faith helps us to hold him off. And brother, let me plead with you. Wake up. Wake up and understand that the devil will try to get you to stay away from worship. He'll try to get you to stay away and to come close to the crucifixion and the dedication that Jesus gave on the cross to cleanse your soul. He'll try to get you to turn your head another way into the worldly secular activity and to possess your time in a lot of things other than the worship and service of Almighty God. He's on the rampage. 
He'll give anything he can to get your soul and your spirit. And we need to understand. Please turn to Hebrews, the second chapter. This is the time that Jesus did his work. Look at the second chapter. We see Jesus, ninth verse, who was made a little lower than the angels. Now you know what that was? That was in the flesh. The flesh is lower than angels. He was made lower than the angels. Why? To die for you, your sins. For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death. He died for you. He paid for your sins. He just took it upon himself to say, no, you don't have to die. I died for you. And the devil would like to just keep that out of your mind. And he doesn't want you to remember that. But if you, if you remember that, you'll stay on target and you'll worship God and you'll worship Jesus and you'll give him your very best. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he that sanctifieth and they who sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praises unto thee. And again I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the children which God hath given me. For as much then as he, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same. That through death, that through his death, that through his death he might destroy, that he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Now I don't know whether we'll wake up or not, but we need to in this life and understand that the only way out of this life alive is to become live in Christ. The devil still wants us to die. He doesn't want your soul to live eternally. And the only thing he can do to keep you from living eternally is to, is to interfere with your faith in Jesus as the perfect sacrifice. Now the 15th verse says, And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, I don't know how many of you feel that you've been made free, but may God bless you to have faith right now. You believe Christ? If you've been baptized into Jesus Christ and put on his spirit, and do you believe you're free? Do you believe you're free from death? Do you believe that you are free in Christ? Do you believe that you are delivered? Do you believe that you will live forever and ever and ever? That's the good news. He took on himself, not on himself, 
I want you to look at that. Not only himself, the nature of angels. An angel couldn't save us. An angel can't save you today. He might help you with your salvation, according to that first uh, Hebrews 1 and 14. He might send him to help you some way in the providential care of getting through this uh, fight with the old devil. But he couldn't save us because he couldn't die for our sins. But Jesus took on himself a body lower than the angels in order that he might save us. Therefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the I don't know. How many burdens do you have? What kind of trouble do you have working in your mind that you think is more important than worshiping and being close to Jesus? Jesus is the answer. I want you to turn to another passage in uh, Revelation, the 12th chapter. Now this is at the same time. This is the, this is the battle that Hebrews 2 had. A lot of people don't understand it that way. But I want you to look. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, and a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head in crown of twelve stars. You know what that was? That was Mary. And that was when she gave birth to the ruler of the whole earth. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another woman in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And that's what he did when he was born in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem. Bethlehem. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up into heaven and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of her, that they should feed her with a thousand two hundred and threescore days. You know what that is? That's just three and a half days. I mean, three and a half years. That's the time that Christ really preached on the earth and confirmed his messiahship. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. You know when he did it? In Acts, in that Hebrews 2. He destroyed him who had the power of death when he killed him on the cross. And that's what released you and me from our sins. And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. That's when Jesus abolished him. That's in Hebrews 2. And he delivered us. That's the reason we need to look back to the cross and what was done at the cross, and we need to be thankful of that, and we need to share it with other people. 
And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come. Now would you just think. And those of you who have taught and have heard me preach and have heard other preachers preach and have, we've gone over Acts 2 so many times that you can't fail to see Acts 2 in verse 10. Now is come salvation. Now is come strength. That's the power. On the day of Pentecost, he said, what shall, they said, what shall we do? And he said, well, just repent and be baptized, every one of you. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promises of you to your children and all them that are far off. Now has come strength. Now has come salvation. And now has come the kingdom. By those of us who have preached and have heard preaching, we understand that in Mark 9 and 1, he said, there will be some that have not tasted death to see the kingdom of, come, of God come with power. Now, some of you will not die until you to see that come. And we'll emphasize that over and over. So that's when the power came. That's when the kingdom came. That's when salvation came. That's when the strength came. And the power of his Christ. That's the reason that the apostle Peter said, all power, the reason why Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And that's the reason he stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, this isn't speaking of David, this is speaking of Jesus. And when he said he'd rule on David's throne, he was talking about the resurrection of Christ. He's ruling now. And the people were talking about Christ. I talked to a young man yesterday. He said, oh, I go to Calvary Chapel. He said, uh, uh, you're the people that don't believe in the Holy Spirit and, and gifts and all. I said, no, that isn't true. He said, oh, no, you don't believe in the power. I said, yeah, we're the one that believes in the power. He said, you believe, you believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I said, oh, yes, I do. I don't believe anybody has them today, but I believe we, we, we're strengthened by the gifts that, were, that confirm what we believe, and Christ is in control. He's reigning today. Oh, he said, you people that don't believe in, the, in, in, in Christ coming back to earth. I said, oh, yes, he never set foot over here, but I said, yes, he's going to come back, but we'll be caught up to me. He said, you don't believe in a thousand-year reign? I said, yeah, I believe in a thousand-year reign. He said, well, then, you got to believe. I said, no, uh, it's right now. What do you with him? I said, a thousand. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. One day is a thousand years as the Lord and and." One thousand years is one day. I said, you have to understand what he's speaking about when he's saying those things. For the power of Christ has come. We're reigning with him. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the, look at that 11th verse, by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You know, there's good angels and there's bad angels. The bad angels have been cast down. But let me express to you that the, that the, that the bad angels are still working. Now, I can't see Satan in person, but I can see him when he gets in our person. And the Bible is written in such a way that you can cast him out. Jesus cast him out by his death. But you appropriate Jesus 
In the same way you appropriate Christ is by believing in him. We have a Bible that's written in the language of Satan. We have people today who believe in Satan. We have people today who call themselves followers of Satan. And they're working, they're trying to deceive people. But Jesus is alive. And don't you forget that he is here this morning. Never forget that Satan is here, and he'd like to win, even though he's been cast down. Even though Jesus has paid the price for your soul and for your life, I just want to ask, who do you want to be winner? A person who died for you, or the person who's going to kill you? Not only now, but throughout eternity. If you'll come and confess Jesus and let him be your helper, let him be your life. Paul said, he is my life. The life that I now live by faith, I live by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus is calling. Will you not come as we stand together and say, Thank you.